0: I want to welcome you to the Pantheon of M. I'm your host, Ray, and today we're looking at, I uh, almost said Howard Stern, we're looking at Underworld, Rise of the Lycans, a 2009 film starring uh, Michael Sheen, uh, Ron Amitra, and Bill Nighy. Uh, this movie, the third of is part three of a five part series. Now the problem with the story is that in terms of timeline and certain uh, sequences and ideas, they don't gel, uh, they just don't make any sense. But if you ignore that and just go on the basis of the stories, on the, on the merit of the stories and not think too hard about what the, how they actually fit together, the, these movies are um, uh, are really, as a trilogy, it's a complete story. It's a story of Celine and Michael and the war that was and how it begins and how it ends. But before I get into any negatives, I like to focus on the positives, and the positives is this. Michael Sheen uh, quarterbacks this film. He gives it all. He has, this is like a Romeo and Juliet. This is more Romeo and Juliet than the original two movies. Uh, I think Sheen really go uh, gives it his all. I think uh, Rona Mitra, though, she is somewhat stiff in this film. Uh, she's a beautiful actress uh, and, and it was, uh, it's filling in the shoes to replace someone like Kate Beckinsale, uh, so uh, it's probably a really good uh, casting choice. And this does sort of imitate a lot of Mel Gibson-esque films like *Passion of the Christ*, *Braveheart*. So you have you have those lines where he's ra- rallies uh, rallies the troops, they get them upbeat. Like, are we slaves or are we Lycans? And he gives that. Like, great speech, something like uh, William Wallace does to the clans to to get them up against the the British. And then you have the Passion of Christ where he gets beaten by silver um, whipping chains, like really hectic, like brutal, um, spiked silver uh, chains that would only affect worlds even more so. Uh, And so there's there's a lot of things that you, you could take from this uh the director i think i believe they shot most of this in australia and a lot of the uh this is 2009 so a lot of the aesthetics feels like tokens like the two towers so you have a lot of the um, the dwellings and the uh ambiance to it uh feeling like that you know like uh, like the war of hell's deep so you have a little bit of all of those uh elements in this movie so uh, <clears throat> the director and the writers took a little bit of this and a little bit of that to make their concoction of what this movie is from various sources like inspirational sources. Um, So okay so with that it's a Romeo and Juliet movie uh, between the two houses the house of the vampires and the house of werewolves. Werewolves were uh, the slaves and this is their uprising and you have a forbidden love between these two main characters that sparked the hatred between Victor and Lucy which is the war that lasted over 800 years plus. Okay, so that's the movie. It's just, um, you have a love story that, that, uh, that became um, uh, fatal in the end because of who they were and that sparked uh, um, a war. Let's go into the timeline and I'll, I'll explain where I'm having problems with this movie. Evolution is the second movie. We have a person named Alex- Alexander Corvinus. He is the forefather of all immortals. His sons, Marcus and William, they're twins, uh, they were infected by a were- by a wolf and a vampire and became the first vampire and the first uh, werewolf. This movie, Rise of the takes place 20 years after their turning. So we don't know, uh, okay, so Alexander, as far as we know in terms of the novelization, uh, he was a warlord, a Hungarian warlord in 5 AD. His village was wiped out by some sort of virus, virus. And uh, because of his genetic mutation, a very rare genetic mutation, he was able to survive and become immune to the virus. That, that immunity benefit, which is why they call the legacy virus, has him to become immortal. That, and so he stopped aging uh, as of that time. Now, he married a woman by the name of Helena, birth to three sons, as far as we know. Marcus and William and a third son. The third son uh, did not have the, uh, had the genetic markers, but didn't have an active uh, viral strain of being immortal. So he was born human. And so he gave birth, uh, he became the, the, his son became the great, great, great grandfather of Michael Corvin. okay? This is, which is why Michael is related to um, Alexander and why he's able to have, uh, the ability to hold become a hybrid of both a hybrid of uh, vampire and werewolf because he had a do- he, had, he had a dormant strain of that virus that becomes active once bitten which makes somewhat of a sense if that's how it works then you you'll go with that now going back to the movie uh... so in terms of where we are so the movie takes place twenty years after um, they become they, they turn marcus and william now, <clears throat> When the movie opens up, Marcus has gone into hibernation uh, at this point for the very first time, and Victor's taken over. William is still free. He's still roaming around the, uh, the, the, the mountains of wherever they are, um, causing people to turn into werewolves. So Victor's in charge of trying to contain him and stop the spread and protect the humans as well as vampires from uh, the ongoing uh, threat of werewolves that, uh, that William is spreading onto the, the land. Okay, at this point, too, we have our first ever uh, human being offspring, which is Lucien. Now, Lucien is the son uh, or, of a actual turned uh, werewolf from William. Uh, now, my understanding was that the woman who gave birth to him was human, but like was in the middle of changing or just changed into being a werewolf, and uh, she gave birth. And then Victor kills her. Uh, in the movie, you see her, you see a wolf in a prison cell that because it, it's one of the uh, werewolves that they've captured, captured, and she just the wolf gave birth and was standing over the baby, and they kill a werewolf, and Victor decided to keep the baby for some reason, to maybe figuring out that you can ha- probably harness this uh, to serve him better if, it's a, if you have a human hybrid. So between the time um, they capture William, which is 1202 A.D. And this time, we don't know how many years have passed between, between the two. So uh, all we know is that at fifth at Alexander is born, uh, for and for 700 years uh, he or hundred years? Yeah, for 700 years he's been on the earth, walking the earth, and he has he has, and he has had two sons. Uh, I'm I'm guessing by the time of this movie, we're probably thinking maybe. I don't know, 900 AD, I have no idea the exact time. I'm just making it up. But whatever time this is, um, hundreds of years have to have passed. And the reason why I say this, between you get the, before we get to 1202 AD, is that Lu- Lucien is a baby. Uh, we see Lucien as a teenager and Lucien as adult. Uh, he is immortal. So how does an immortal age and stop aging when he's an adult at the age of 30 or whatever age that he's at. Okay. So the rules in which immortality kicks in uh, for Lucien uh, is not defined. What? Until he's killed mortally and then he becomes immortal. That's triggered, like kind of like Highlander where you have to die sort of to become immortal and it sticks with you and that you're stuck at that age. It's not defined. And that's You need some sort of traumatic event to, to lock in that viral strand that makes you immortal. I don't know. It's not defined to you, but he does become a baby, to a teenager, to an adult. Yet he is immortal. The only explanation for Sonia is this: when Victor was turned into a vampire, he was already at death's door. He was a baron uh, who had, who the general who owned his own army. He was a military genius, and Marcus needed him to get to control William. He needed his, he needed an army, and he needed Victor to do that. So the deal he he made was, I'll save your life because you're at death's door, I'll make you immortal. And at this point, he had to have had a child already uh, and that was Sonia. And uh, when we see Sonia in him, he's already a vampire. So my guess is, he didn't turn Sonia until she became an adult of age uh, or a beauty of age where he, he felt, this is the age where you should be forever young. However, Lucian um is grown is we don't know how he's his aging process starts out because once he becomes an adult at this point he remains this age right up until the year 20, 2000 so, so for the next 800 years he stopped aging and he remained this way uh, but for the next I don't know 50 60 years maybe 100 years he aged uh, he aged 40 years so that didn't sit well with me <clears throat> the last thing is the necklace uh, in the end of this movie, we find out how Lucien keeps the necklace that Sonia has. Uh, he has had it with them all this time. The other part of the necklace, uh, Victor embeds in his body. Now, this makes zero sense, is because the necklace was created by um, Cillian's father to create the imprisonment for William. William is already is free right now. Uh, he is imprisoned at 1202 A.D. after Sonia is dead because. Victor keeps Selena uh, alive because he rem- she reminds him of his daughter who passed away. The necklace was made by Selena's father uh, pre uh, Sonya's death. Unless it is an artifact, a replication of the necklace he gave Sonya, which is okay, fine. <laughs> but that, that necklace that he has is the actual necklace that was used to unlock it, so it has to be the original one piece only. So how did how so how does the Selene's uh, father create the necklace if he wasn't around to do it? So there's a paradox in that. Uh, the aging process is undefined. Um, so yeah, those are th- those are the two major things I have with this movie. It holds up pretty well, minus the continuity. Uh, the movie they say it was it came around the 15th century, which is like 1402, which Predates 1202, uh, what I was referring to. That's what it says in certain, um, sites. That movie takes place in 1402, or 15th century AD, or 15th, yeah, 1500 AD, which makes zero sense because it is a prequel to, um, when they capture William. And in this movie, they say William's already still free and running about. And, uh, so, yeah, so, there, so in terms of the continuity and what is the correct sources in terms of what you believe in and what you don't believe in, just listening to the dialogue of what they were saying, I know for a fact that this predates uh, 1 and 2 uh, because, one, Sonya is still alive and uh, she has to be dead in order for Selene to become the death dealer. And we know that William doesn't get caught until we see... Uh, certain, it uh, told me the necklace is used to imprison him, but the necklace exists. Uh, necklace was, the necklace was created uh, after uh, Sonia's death, but the, the necklace exists and is with Lucien all this time before. Yeah, so there's some things about this um, that doesn't quite well uh, hold up. All of that. Uh, is a rich supplement of what you get on here, and it's—I'm uh, not going to say it's mediocre. But I'd say it's well crafted. Um, and uh, Michael Sheen gives a performance. Uh, he has—he doesn't have a great body, but he's in the great one of the greatest shapes of his life, and he really. Uh, puts it in the time for this. And I think, I believe him when he plays Lucien. I believe him when he plays Lucien in the uh, prequel movies. And in this one, being the leader, uh, being the wild, um, uh, passionate person that he is, I, th- I think uh, I think he's an amazing actor. And he, and as Bill Nighy, uh, they really sell us uh, for this movie. And Nighy was amazing at this too. I mean, his look is just eerily, eerily stone cold. So, with that, I'm your host Ray. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you uh, next week uh, with a brand new film. Take care.